Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available, American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American-made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Alright, we are back with episode 23. We've been podcasting for like six months now. This might be the yeah. longest I've done anything in my life. Just wow. kidding. 23, I love that number. I know, right? MJ. My, yeah, un, unless he was true goat for that like five minutes that he wore forty five. Oh yeah, after his dad. That's a great uh, documentary, by the way. If you haven't watched, have you watched that? Which one? The the like the last dance was it? The last dance. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was good, dude. That was awesome. Like, Nine year old like that one. So like, I grew up. You know, I was born in eighty four. So I was in that time of Michael Jordan, but I wasn't a huge basketball fan. So like, Ooh. I knew he was good. But I also didn't watch basketball. So, like, to go back and watch that documentary and see some of the shit that he pulled off, like, holy fuck, yeah. man. Not looking, jumping away, throwing the ball from the fucking back of his head and it goes in. Like, come on. Yeah. The first guy at, uh, at his height to launch off the free throw line. Yeah. Dunking it. That yeah, was, was wild. Just, it's a great story, too, because I don't know if they, I can't remember if they covered. I mean, he was cut. In high school, I believe. Yeah, they co- they covered all of it. Like it was all just it was mindset, right? Like yeah. it was that it was that need to fucking be the best and that drive to be the absolute best yeah. that put him there. Not, I mean, and right, like 
if he was five seven, would he have been Michael Jordan? No, probably not. Right. So it's no. it's a combination of of genetics and that mindset. But if you read, I think it's either the rise of Superman or the sporting gene, one or the other. Um, they talk about that. Like they talk about it's not just genetics; it's genetics and mindset and work ethic that combine to make the greatest of all time in all sports. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but then you compare him to LeBron, you know, we could go all day on that one, but. Well, you know. You got I a mean, guy that's physically talented and has been given everything, but his mindset has never been at that well, level of even, Jordan's. Even LeBron, like LeBron, LeBron gets kind of shit on because he is pop culture, right? Like who knows, who knows if we had media the way it is today, what Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and all those guys would have looked like because. You can pick up your phone when you have a goofy idea and you can type it in and it's stuck. It's there forever. Whereas those guys had, you know, they had publicists and people were picking what news stories to run and they were only doing interviews once in a while and like all this shit. Right. So LeBron does kind of get shit on. But like you'll hear him talk and he starts to talk about I I think it was in a it was in a uh, interview that he did or he's talking about something about the adversity that he had as uh, growing up in Cleveland. And he's like, I wish my kids could feel some of that adversity. But then he talks about like all the shit of like not of giving his kids everything and wanting them to have the the best life. And it's like, I, I don't like do you if you step back from yourself for five minutes, can you see that? Like, yes, it's amazing that you can give your kids all this stuff, but also the adversity that you encountered is what made you the person you are today. Like, that's really hard. And I think and I think it's a shitty thing that athletes and Hollywood elites and musicians and stuff, they 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 fail to realize that, yes, they probably got shit on. We all get shit on. Yes, it was hard. But guess what? Yeah, that shit is what makes you who you are. Yeah. And that's hard. I mean, I just look at everything that he strategically does in his career is to find the easiest way to get there. And to me, that's, you know, it's never been what Jordan was about. Jordan just, I mean, it is whatever the situation was, you know, he had to win. Yeah. It was just this drive that was just insane that you never saw on anybody else before. Yeah. I mean, that was, and right, like golfing, gambling, playing, you know, throwing a fucking quarter. What was it? A, a quarter in the corner and then seeing who can get the closest quarter with the fucking security guys. Right. Like he was oh, pissed yeah. if he lost that stupid little game. Oh, yeah. Like that's just a different human being. And he was cutthroat. I mean, if you pissed him off. Yeah. He just cranked it up. Yeah. So this, yeah, I don't see that with a lot of athletes today. You know, I wish I did, but you know, back then it was just a, it's a whole different NBA. Yeah. Whole different everything. I mean, I really think that we, it would be a totally different time if we didn't have the ability to put every fucking idea. Cause dude, I say shit. And then a week later I'm like, Oh, that was really dumb. Right. Like we all do that. Posting, posting every, yeah, everything. (laughs) Right. Like, Oh yeah, you know there's a lot of crap that uh, I look at. And I'm like, oh, I should post that, and I think it's funny. And now I take a lot more time to think about it. And before I post it, or some of the stuff I post before, it's like you know you get very little response to. Yeah. But to me, it's like it's hilarious. Yeah. And I look back, it's like, oh man, that's my product of my sick humor. So yeah, product of sick humor, or even like, I'll I'll post something or I'll, I'll really like, I'll really like a quote or an idea, but it's because I have a specific context, right? Like I, yeah. I have, you know, some 
light teachings of stoicism. So when I see a stoic quote, I'm like, I get it. Whereas like somebody else sees it as like, what? Like, what does this even mean? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and God forbid you <laughs> yeah. spell anything wrong. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. People are insane with that spelling garbage. Or you miss something in your grammar. I think I did in the last one, but yeah, I saw this uh, post I was going to throw up that I thought was funny. I was, I was on the floor laughing and it was, uh, there's a picture of this, uh, like out of a yearbook and the dude's name is, uh, um, oh, I think it's Barry, my cockiner, <laughs> <laughs> Barry MC cockiner. And then oh, it's, uh, Oh no. Yeah. I think this, uh, caption was like, Oh, when you're, or something about if, if your daughter's going on a date or something and you know, also, you look at the guy's name. It's so. What are you guys gonna do tonight? Yeah, and boom, yeah. his ugly mugs on there. I'm like, I don't think everybody's gonna laugh on that one. So, my wife sent me a Snapchat this week, and all it said was, "Well, senior quotes aren't what they used to be." And a girl had a senior quote: um, "My A's didn't stay straight, and neither did I." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like like that that never would have flown in Ooh. 2002 when I graduated. You know, like yeah, it's just a different time, and I get it. Like times change, but on the opposite side of that, like that doesn't, that doesn't mean that, that shit that was okay during our time. That's not okay. Now needs to be like lamb basted now. Right. Like we go back and it's just, just times change. Like you have to be able to realize what the attitude was and what the mindset was. And yeah, it doesn't make it okay now. Yeah. Context, right? Context. Oh, so what the fuck you been up to now? Oh, we were, we were vaccine talking before we started here. Huh? Delta variant. Everybody wants to know everybody's opinion on that. Oh, it's 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 a weird one because I like I told you before we were talking. I think that the answer is always not always. Majority of the time, I think the answer is somewhere between the black and the white. Right. It's it's in the gray area. It's not vaccines are going to destroy and there's microchips in the vaccines that they're trying to put inside of us and it's going to change our DNA and make us not reproduce. And Bill Gates is the devil. And but I also don't think it's. We know that this is completely 1000 percent safe and every single kid from two to 18 should be vaccinated and every single human being should be vaccinated. Like the answer, I think, is somewhere in between. Right. You know. Because this vaccine, all of these vaccines, the way the way the mRNA vaccine works is it doesn't stop you from getting COVID. It stops you from getting extreme symptoms of COVID, the symptoms that put you in the hospital. Right. Yep. But a majority of the 49 percent of the population feel when they're taking it. It's supposed to protect them from COVID. Yes, but it. So if we take that a step further, it does protect you from COVID because what's scary about COVID? What the symptoms? The symptoms. If if you had a virus right now, you probably have a virus right now that you have no idea, has no symptoms. You're asymptomatic to some sort of virus or flu or some sort of load on your system, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Who gives a fuck? Because you have no symptoms. If you were 104 degrees with body aches all over, curled up in your bed, hacking up a lung, you would give a fuck. Okay. So we live in a really fucking dumb society. We live in a society that wants immediate comfort. Yes. Yes. Feels that there's no process. Yes. Process of pain to get to the goal. Yes. 
So they want they want to feel safe from COVID. What the vaccine does is make you feel safe from the symptoms of COVID or saves you from the symptoms of COVID. Majority of symptoms. It like does I, it. It hasn't been proven. Yeah, I mean, I, I N of has one, the people that I proven. know that have been vaccinated that have gotten COVID have been very light symptoms. So and it seems like across the board, um, people that are vaccinated that are getting it because it does not stop you from getting it are experiencing very little symptoms. So it is working in that that regard. But for someone like you or I or the other 100,000 or 100 million people in the United States that are healthy, I'm, that's a real guess because if you look around, there's probably not 100 million people in the United States that are healthy. No. Does it make sense? I don't know the answer to that. For little kids, does it make sense? Probably fucking not. Um, I mean, you have to do a honest risk analysis. Honest risk, risk analysis. 100%. You know, are people doing that? Or is it basically if, you know, the media tells you you got to do something, you better do it now. Because it's or fear, how, right? Or, or, or how much of it is... How much of it is is the same reason that somebody posts a selfie of going to the gym, right? Like they want people to know, like they're 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 virtue signaling that they're vaccinated. I'm a 29 year old. No, how about this? I'm an I'm a 17 year old healthy male. Okay, no underlying symptoms, good body fat percentage. I get vaccinated. Did I get vaccinated because I was worried about what COVID was going to do to me? I think personally, knowing where I was mentally at that age, no, I didn't get vaccinated because of that. I got vaccinated because my peers were getting vaccinated and I wanted to fit in with my peers. Um, Is that the right reason? Probably not. Yeah. I mean... Most of the people I know that, you know, right now aren't vaccinated. They're not anti-vaxxers. They're just people that I would honestly say almost 100% of the people that I know that are backing off that right now are people that manage their health. And the people that are so on the train for, you know, oh, if you're not vaccinated, you don't care about anybody else, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Honestly, all those people that I've heard from don't do shit about their health. They don't manage shit. They eat shit and they look like shit, you know, and their problem, basically their quick fix is to get the vaccine. So, but you know, now they're coming down on people that are managing their health. And to me, that's total bullshit. And so that's a weird one, right? Because the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting it. It doesn't stop you from spreading it. It stops you from getting the symptoms. So if we're in a room, you, me, Three people that are over 25% body fat, don't work out, don't eat healthy, they're vaccinated. Are they going to be mad at you for not being vaccinated? And the, the problem is, is right, right now, now they are. Yeah. But that makes zero sense yeah. because they could get it still and give it to you the same way that you could get it and give it to them. 
Yeah. So that's what I that's what I don't get about this whole thing. Yeah, but they're just opting out of it. But to me, it's almost turned into virtual signaling. Yes. Where it's, well, you know, they don't want to do shit, but you're responsible if there is a problem. Yeah. Because apparently, I don't know, the vaccine is the solve all, but, you know, to me, it's, uh, you know, I, I get these. Why do I get these stupid political polls? I was going to post it in my uh where, where do you get Instagram. them? What are you getting them on? I get them on text. I get them on email. You're on a list somewhere. And uh, I don't get them because I'll usually snap back at because some of the questions are so super half assed. I think uh, what I'll, I'll post that text that I got because I did the survey, the poll, and then I messaged back saying this is this is not a true poll. This is propaganda because the questions are totally steered to for you to answer. And if you always oh, one of the questions I should bring up is uh. Oh, what they say, but basically it'll it'll make you something. Oh yeah, business taxes, right? So here's a, here's the two choices that you got. The first choice was, do you want an erratic government, erratic and uh, chaotic government, but lower business taxes, or do you want a stable, consistent government? And higher business taxes. That's ridiculous. Those are your only two choices. But now, have you noticed that questions on, even on uh, polling day, um, when you're voting, the questions are written like that. Like yeah. that, That's ridiculous. There, yeah. th- there should be zero partisanship or sides when you're writing a question. Yeah. But that's mild. That one was mild. I would say there's probably 30% of that. There's a lot of uh, questions in that poll. 30% that was uh, related to Trump. It's, uh, well, do you believe that, you know, Trump voters are bad people? You know, stuff, stupid shit like that. And I'm like, the guy hasn't even been in office since January. Yeah. You know what kind of fucking pissed me off about Trump? Did you know he got vaccinated in the White House and didn't tell a soul? I didn't know that. I know he's been going after Rand Paul lately for, you know, for what I don't know. Like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, you're you're okay with the vaccine enough to get it. Okay. So. I suppose, oh, I mean, he was the one pushing the whatever operation rapid fire, idiotic, yeah, whatever yeah, thing it right? was. But then he's afraid that it's going to piss off his base that he got vaccinated. So he doesn't tell a soul. It had to get, it had to get, not leaked, he but. Didn't. Uh, I didn't even, I don't even know we got it or not. Yeah, no, he didn't. I figured he got it because of Operation Warp it, Speed. It but. got um, it got verified by one of the personnel in the White House that was there when he got it. Like, he wouldn't even verify it. Like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, I get it. You're a fucking, you're, you're partisan. Like, he is super partisan. He is. Um, and he likes to really ju- drum up his base. But something like that is like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, and he does a lot of this, you know, stupid little shit like that. But it's just, you know, going back to this poll, it's like, you know what? The guy's not in office now. No. So I, why do I got to answer these stupid questions? You know, 30% of them. And I couldn't believe it. It's just one after the other. And basically, I mean, I answer, I'm an independent. So I, I guarantee those answers that came back, they may not like, but some of it just shows. And maybe yeah. that's why I get the polls because they're trying to because you actually sway answer me to. Oh, maybe to, they you know. know vote. Yeah, because you know right away they go, Are you, "Do you know who you're going to vote for in 2024?" I'm like, I don't know. Who the fuck is There's even running in 2024? Yeah, you know who I'm going to vote for in 2024. So I just finished all four Jack Car books. Okay? Oh, 
I, they're awesome. Jack Carr. Jack Carr. No, no, no. Mickey so Mouse. hold on. So Crenshaw. <laughs> the Jack Carr books are absolutely amazing. If you guys haven't read them yet, they are novels. They are fiction. But because of who Jack Carr is, there is a lot of very good, honest, nonfiction detail that builds up the story and builds up the characters and builds up a lot of this stuff. And in book four, there's a guy with the last name Christensen, Eric Christensen, I think. And he's the president. I think it's Eric Christensen and he's the president. But he is a he's a real dude too. that. Okay. So. Okay. So he is a Democrat, but a. I guess what you would say, like a Reaganist Democrat, but he on 9-11, his his fiance is in the trade centers. She dies. He immediately signs up. For the military, I can't remember what maybe maybe goes to be a ranger, comes out, understands the political climate, want knows that in the long run he's going to run for president, but first runs as a I guess you would call a Reaganist Democrat in California, wins all the support of California by his policy and actually like running on the middle line. And then runs for president and becomes the president. And then it's it's a long story. But like listening to the way that Jack Carr builds up this Eric Christensen, I'm like, yeah. Psh, I'm voting for him. He's not even a fucking real guy, but I'm going to write him in, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to have T-shirts made like Christensen Democrat, you know, like that. Like, that's how awesome this this character is. Wow. Like he legitimately talks out of real humanist ideas, not fucking right, not fucking left, like humanist ideas. Yeah. Yeah, and ultimately that's what we need. Yeah, that's what we need. But, but honestly, that's too honestly, ideal. I so the problem we have right now is that if you call yourself a Republican, you're gonna get very few Democrat votes. If you call yourself a Democrat, you're gonna get very few Republican votes. But our system is set up so much as if you call yourself an independent, you're not gonna get any fucking votes. Because who was it who who ran against Bush or ran as an independent that took too much of the vote? Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the rich fucker. I can't remember what his name was. Rich fucker. Talk like, you know. Yeah. Country yeah, guy. Yeah. Ross Perot. Ross Perot. So after that election, because Ross Perot took so much of the electorate, they changed all the rules. And now it's very unlikely that you will even get on any sort of debate, any sort of presidential list, any sort of of um, even ballot. Unless you're a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah. And they fucked it. Which isn't how it's supposed to work, but. No, it's not. But yeah, how do you solve that? I mean, the committee for presidential debate, the committee for presidential debate is built up of, I think, four Democrats and four Republicans. That's who's built. That's it's 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 set yeah. to be built like that. Not eight people from out throughout the country that are intelligent and have good ideas. No, nope. four Republicans, four Democrats. Yes. Yeah. And politics has turned into nothing for the people. It's turned into nothing but self-preservation for each party. So and here are the people stay in the balance. I mean, we basically supply all the funding 
for these idiots, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'd hate to bring all that shit up. It's just uh, this morning pisses me off. In the last couple of days, uh, this idiot administration uh, decides to basically do the Obama 2.0 in uh, Afghanistan, and now you got a total shit show happening. And I guess it's a concern for everybody because now all of a sudden the caliphate gets set up again, caliphate 2.0, and now in Afghanistan. It's just, just piece of shit politicians you know, yep. shouldn't be making the decisions they are. And I think a lot of the guys would agree. It's just, it's going to turn to a shit show. Yeah. Um, I saw a, uh, I saw a tweet yesterday. Mitt Romney tweeted, you know, looking for safety for the troops or whatever, like Mitt Romney and Tim Kennedy tweets back. All I need is a plane and some guys yeah. <laughs> like, just like, oh, yeah. let's fucking go. It's yeah. all I need. Get me a plane, Mitt. I saw Tim post that, <laughs> post that. I like that one. Yeah. It's just. You know, just send the dogs. I mean, this is just bullshit. It's 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 a fucked up situation, right? Because we, who wants to be the police of the world? Nobody wants right. to be the police of the world. But if we don't do it, who is? If you don't fight, China's them, not going to do fight it. Fight them there; they're going to be here, and there's already infiltration. So it's and that um, just shitty. If you give them a capital and infrastructure, and they get and stronger. The amazing thing, not to totally bring it back, but this was my week. Basically, was Jack Carr. Like, I mean, it was it's four four full books that I finished I think since you got fucking some Sunday. Love for Jack Carr, huh? it, dude. His writing is amazing, but also the ideas, right? That's coming out of his mind. It's 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 yeah. it's in all these characters. It started as nonfiction. It's in all these characters, but it it's coming from his mind. So yeah. that's what I can really respect about the fucking guy is like these ideas. And, and the one thing he starts, he gets really deep into is like by doing all of these drone strikes and killing all these people um, with mass um, with a, with a mess, right. With, with, with a lot of innocents dying and all this shit, like how much, more are we driving those societies to hate America? Because if you and I were sitting here, let's say you were on a list, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. You're on a list. You and I were here. Um, let's say I have three sons. Okay. Because I'm here with you, a missile comes in here from a UAV, um, blows us up. Okay. My three sons that know that I was innocently killed now hate whoever killed their father. Yeah. Right? Yep. So how much of that are we driving by the way that we've been handling the situation? I don't know. I think it's a little more surgical than that. It needs to be. It's you not know, right now. Now it's not. No. Now, yeah. I think it was a little more surgical before, but it was a a long process because you have a culture there that is completely illiterate. Um, you know, a, a culture shift with people that are just, I don't know how you explain it, but it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's not a sophisticated culture over there. Well, those cultures are, are drastically older. Than any of the superpowers yeah. we've seen, right? Like, but, but the lack of resources, 
well, I don't know. I don't know what you do to fix it. Right. Because the lack of resources, the lack of interstate commerce, the lack of travel, the lack of ability to fix it makes those cultures so susceptible to powers coming in and out and Al Qaeda and all these, all these other, you know, yeah, now you got the Taliban. Leaders. I mean, there's a lot of little things that, you know, people aren't going to realize. I mean, the Taliban comes in and, you know, snatches these innocent women or, you know, girls 12 years and up and do their, have their way with them. I mean, they just treat these, uh, I don't want to say commoners, but that's what they, they are as tools. And they don't care. There's no morality with these people. So your best thing to do is to go in and eradicate the evil that's there. So. Now but you're letting to, them set up. We have to maintain. We have to maintain a moral ground or we're no better. We have to maintain our morality while improving the situation. Or we're we're the same. We're, yeah. we're doing the same shit. So which means you have to identify what's evil. Yeah. You have to know what's evil. You got to get rid of it because if you don't, it's going to grow. And that cancer, you know, comes over here and does its bidding. And you can't, you can't battle an idea with guns and knives and bombs. You have to counter, man. No, you have to counter an idea with a better idea that can then sweep over the, the poor idea. And I think that's where it takes a lot of time because if you're taking a culture that, quote, is illiterate, you know, it's going to take you, you know, 50, 60 plus years to help educate that society. And that's not what their leaders over there want. So, you know, I mean, if there's anything about human rights that people should be crying about, you know, they should be crying about what's going on over there versus, you know, what they're complaining about over here. Yeah. So... Yeah, sorry for that diversion, but that's... Yeah, uh, wow, we're 27 minutes in already, and we haven't even gotten close to our deep dive. But hey, I mean, that's it's what the state of what's going on is. Yeah, and 100%, think, and it's scary. And where, wherever you walk around, I mean, people have, you know, people are wondering what people's opinions are about the vaccine, about COVID. I mean, everything we're, we're going to talk about today, uh, fear. You know, it's what people want to know. It's what they tend to tune in and search for and try to find answers. And unfortunately, when you search Google, you may have to get three, four, five pages deep before you find anything that has some substance to it. So um, that hasn't helped at all. No. And I don't know if it's the algorithms in YouTube, algorithms in Google, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's a lot of bullshit, bullshit frosting that's about a mile thick. And it's like, it's hard, right? Because... The fear, like as we get into it, so our deep dive today is fear. Clearly, we just fucking said it. Fear is it rests in the oldest, deepest part of our brain. Like it comes from the the what what people refer to as the lizard brain, the brain before we developed the um, prefrontal cortex, all of the newer parts of the brain where we actually like think through problems. Fear is instinctual, you know. So. Fear has no idea what good fear, bad fear. Fear just knows fear and it fucking runs away. That's what it that's what it wants to do. It wants to do, yeah. That's the easy way. That's the that's the instinct, right? And so you have to then contemplate it 
and learn about it and teach yourself. Like we talk about the practice, right? The practice of being able to, to deal with fear and dance with fear and how I, how I, I, thought about us doing this as a deep dive is Robert Greene's 50th law, which is about 50 cent. Robert Greene met 50 cent and um, 50 cent is like a legitimate businessman. And Robert Greene really respected him and, and they wanted to do a project together. And after shadowing him for almost a year, Robert Greene decided that that he thinks that 50 cents biggest or Curtis Jackson, if you want to call him by his uh, name, he thought that his, the 50th loss would be fearlessness. And I, I really respect Robert Greene and I love a lot of Robert Greene's books, but I think he fucked up. I think he fucked up on that one because I think fearlessness is bullshit. I think it's a, a pie in the sky. I don't think that and, and you can tell me because you've been in a lot worse situations than me. I don't think fear goes away. Yeah, I think you, you hit it on the head because as I thought about, you know, what we're talking about, um, my thought always has been fear is necessary and it's allowed me to do a lot of crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, one example is I used to have such a fear of heights. I mean, I had such a fear of heights that the first time I came to America, you know, those monkey bars that go all the way across. I don't think they make them like that anymore. I don't know if it's a safety issue. Yeah, probably not. It looks like a ladder. Uh-huh. And basically you got like two yeah. straight ladders on the side. Yeah. I have not seen one of those in a long time. Well, you know, somehow my dumb ass got on top of them, right? And I mean, what are those things? Five feet high, maybe? Yeah, yeah, five, and six. And I got on top and I froze. And I froze and I was in a schoolyard and the bell rang. Everybody was going in and I was You're just stuck. petrified You're on stuck. top of there. Teacher comes out there and basically had to grab another kid to come up and help me down. That's just one of those things that I'll never forget. And... um you know, eventually I had to face that fear and I didn't face it until, you know, I'm thousands of feet up, you know, jumping out of the back of the, you know, airplane. So, <laughs> but I've learned that in everything I've done, the very first thing that triggers in my head is that fear and telling me that, Hey, you can't do it, but you have to negotiate mentally to overcome and say, you know what, I have to walk through this process intellectual. It's kind of like what we talk about, you know, uh, vaccinations, the fear of vaccine fear of COVID. It's, you have to do your research so that you have a mental process to step through that. Cause if you don't, guess what? You're going to take the easy way out every single time. And that's uh, what's got me past thousands of thousands of fears I've had. And, and like right there, the fear I've had, like all the situations that you've been in, like People want to look from the outside and especially people that haven't gone through hard things, right? They want to look from the outside and go, oh, that guy must just be fearless, right? right? And that, that's what they want to tell themselves is like, because if you're fearless and they are not, they have an excuse. And this isn't like, they're not consciously thinking this. This is the easy, comfortable way out. I am not as fearless as him. He will get more done in his life than me. But the thing is, and from everything I've I've done everything I've been through. You're not fearless. You are just as fucking scared as the next person. You are just contemplative enough to take the next step, which is dancing with that fear. And that I, that's not me. That that's a that's a Seth Golden line is because he 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 was having a conversation about fear, and it was with I. I absolutely cannot remember who it was. He was having a conversation and, th- and this guy, his entire life 
grew up in the middle of fucking Missouri or Wyoming, wanted to go to Duke. And he spent his entire high school career doing everything he could to get into Duke. And he got into Duke. And he spent his whole first year at Duke scared shitless that someone is going to find out that he shouldn't be there. So he didn't ask a question. He didn't talk during class. He did when he when he was supposed to give up and give it, get up and give a presentation or talk during class. He just fucking skipped. Yeah. Right. So this is his dream. But the fear froze him from being able to actually do anything when he was there. And he's talking to Seth Godin about this fear. And he said, how in the hell do you eradicate fear? And Seth goes, God, I'm glad you fucking asked the question like that. He said, the problem right there is you don't ever get rid of fear. You learn to dance with fear. And that is where I was like, yes, that is 100% right. You are the guy that jumps out of the plane, the guy that runs towards the bullets, the guy that doesn't give a fuck and will go talk to anybody or who will get up on a stage and speak. He's just as scared as everybody else. Yeah. But he has learned to dance with the fear. Yeah. It's a constant mental process. It's a process. It's an exercise. Yeah. But you got to shine the light on it first. So like when we were getting ready, when I was getting my notes ready for this is I just I shot a bunch of texts out to people that I know, like, what do you fear? I'm doing a podcast on fear. What are your fears? And I kind of I kind of was able to separate everything out into just a few little categories. There's like there's the instinctual fears or the irrational fears like clowns, snakes, heights, and clowns. They're not irrational, right? They're there's they're rational in there somewhere. There's a reason whether it be evolution or what whatever. Yeah. But you have those fears. Like those are all like yeah, clearly we can fucking all process through those fears. But then there's what I wanted to call like navigational fears or motivational fears. And a lot of especially the men that I talked to had a similar fear of like dying before something, dying before I've made my mark, dying before I've gotten everything out that I need to get out, dying before I've raised my kids. Like it's not death. It's not death that people fear after you get to a certain age. Some people do fear death, but I think that if they actually look at it and they look deeper into it, it is dying without doing something, right? So like I call those navigational fears because if you die, if your fear is to die before you made your mark or before you experience life, that's a big fucking shining spotlight. Like those big ones that they fucking on a movie premiere that shine around in the sky, shining exactly on what you should be doing right now. This next minute, after you text me that the next fucking minute, you should be making a plan to achieve whatever that thing is going to be. Because guess what? We're all fucking dying. Yeah. You don't get to escape it. So that's a navigational fear. And then the other is. Is is the. The the dancing fear or, you know, the fear that you dance with, the fear that the fear that you have to put in the backseat, like you have the navigational fear that's like you should be running towards this, whatever this is. And then there's all the fears that come along with that. So if you're fear if your fear is dying before you've made your mark on society and you decide that your that your gift that you have inside you to give is 
to improve people's lives by public speaking, right? By giving talks, making videos, helping one individual to 10,000 individuals, whatever you can get out there. Then comes the fears that are all going to ride in the backseat. And that's public speaking. That's failure. That's everything else that comes along, toting along with that navigational fear. And those are the ones where you have to look at them. You have to name them and you have to work your ass off to just dance with them. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I believe there is fear less because you're always going to have fear. And all you're doing in your mind is you're negotiating at fear to less of what it is. And, um, you know, a lot of that, boy, you know, I remember, you know, running into danger. Uh, you're going to be scared. I mean, a lot of people are going to be running, let's say, from a, a shooter. But if you have a process and you're prepared for it and you've trained for it, you know, when you're running to that, you're not running to it like, you know, da, 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 I'm Superman. I'm putting a cape on or anything. I literally am putting a process through my head as I'm running towards it. It's like, okay, do I have this? Check. Do I have that? Check. And, uh, oh, sorry, my, my dog is, uh, <laughs> my old dog needs to go get some water or something. But, you know, in, in your mind, you're running through the processes. It's no different than, you know, jumping around an airplane. It's like, uh, okay, I have to negotiate, you know, the chute is packed, packed correctly. And if not, I have to go through the process of ripping out and, you know, using the backup because there is a percentage chance that that happens. So you do run through that risk reward mentally really quick before you try to overcome that, you know, that fear or that task that you're, you know, involves fear. And Just, fear of heights is important, right? Because if like, let's say I am completely fearless of heights and I'm fucking on my roof cleaning out my gutters and I have a two story house and I'm completely scared. I'm probably going to do something really fucking dumb. Yeah. I'm probably going to lean over a little bit too far. I'm probably not going to keep two points of contact. I'm probably right. So like the fear of heights as you're in an airplane, if you don't have a parachute and the fucking back door is open, yes, you should be scared. Yeah. Or if you don't know what you're doing, you bullshitted your way through training and now you have a parachute strapped to your back and you have no fucking idea what you're doing. Should yeah. you be scared? Yes. Yeah. The answer is fucking yes. Yeah. What does fear do? Fear makes you go, I'm going to check this pack one more time. Yeah. I'm going to keep three points of contact on my roof. I am not going to jump from this fucking limb to this limb, right? Like fear is really important. Yeah. I mean, without fear, there's no courage. You know, they both coexist. And, and, like, and like we said 10 minutes ago, this is not like, oh, I decide tomorrow I'm going to look, I'm going to be, I'm going to dance with every fear, right? Right. Because it's like a fucking exercise. If you decided tomorrow you were going to run a marathon, guess what? Unless you're a totally different human being than the rest of us, you're going to make it <laughs> yeah. a few miles and you're going to be like, I am fucking done. Right. Right. But if you said, I'm going to run a marathon in a year, you can get there. And we were at Urban Air and it's, it's this. It's a trampoline park. It's for kids. It's a trampoline park. They have a ropes course. They have a big ass ball pit and a climbing wall and all this stuff. Right. It's all inside. Yeah. And you're supposed to be 48 inches or 52 inches to go on the ropes course. 
Well, my daughter's like right. She's close, but not quite tall enough. And the problem is, if you're not tall enough, you can't make the little dragger thing that you drag behind you go around the corners. Oh, I know which one you're you know what I mean. Yeah, so I like you have this one, yeah. thing that's hooked to your harness and it roll is on a roller. Yep. And because these places have been fucking closed because of covid, nobody's kept up on anything. And these things roll like shit and she can't quite. And she's out there. And I look at her and she's starting to get mad and she's got she's got my fiery personality. Right. And she's starting to get mad and she's like pissed. I can see it in her face and she's eight. Her tears are starting to well up in her eyes and she's stuck, stuck. No, oh, really? She's stuck. And I'm looking at her because she's above me, you know, maybe 10, 12 feet in the air. She's above me and she's scared and she's pissed off and she's stuck and she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And this lady next to me is like, oh, he'll come get her. I'm like, she'll be fine. Like, we're going to work through this. Yeah. So I tell her. Bicycle wheel or what? I'm like, take some breaks. Take some deep breaths. Let's pull the thing back and let's try again. All right. So she tries it again. Still doesn't work. Fired up. She's ripping on this thing. I'm like, all right, well, clearly it's not going to make the corner because this is an octagon that this thing is trying to go around to get to the next trail. Because it's, you know, you walk out one path, you go around the, the support beam, and then you go out another path around the support beam, you go back to the end. You can do all this shit. The, yeah. the path that you're on is like different levels and whatever. So I'm like, hold on, pull it back. Let's start over and go around the other way. So she gets it to go around the other way. And then the track splits. I don't know. So apparently you can have two people or maybe one can go one way and you can go the other, whatever the track splits. It gets stuck there. Oh, really? And she's Oof. just, she's fired up and, but she's doing it and she's pissed off and her face is red and you can see it that she wants to just fucking quit, but she's doing it. I didn't let that fucking guy come out and get her. I didn't even let her hear that woman say that the guy will come out and get her. I just told her, I'm like, you're there. We're going to get through this. Right. Yeah. Dad's here. Anything really bad. Ha- nothing's going to happen. You're strapped to the fucking thing. You could let go and hang there. Right. Yeah. So she makes it to the end and she comes down and she looks at me and tears just start rolling down her face. And I'm tearing up now talking about it. Tears start rolling down my face. I'm like, I saw how mad you were and how scared you were. But you didn't give up. And I am so fucking proud of you because that right there, you're going to think of that the next time you're in a situation like this and the next time you're in a situation like this. And this is going to expand exponentially as you grow up. And this is going situations like this are a basis for you to become an awesome, badass human being. And she's just mad and she's squeezing me so tight. But we got through it. And that was because she danced with the fear. She didn't let the fear cripple her. She learned. She made it through. She took deep breaths and she handled it. And it was like, I, that was a proud dad moment. Like I legitimately, oh, yeah. I'm fucking, I got tears in my eyes right now talking about it. <laughs> perseverance. Yeah. The lesson in perseverance through negotiating your fear. Yeah. But that doesn't just come like that. She. Yeah. You have to push yourself through it. Yes. I think that's where a lot of people need to learn that, especially in society right now, because everybody's learning how to quit early. Um, what's funny is I heard a sermon this morning. So I was squatting this morning because I love squatting barefoot in the garage. It's just amazing. I don't know why I like barefoot squatting, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll try that. 
it, it's it feels really good. And uh, oh, I barefoot squatted this week. Sorry, go ahead. I, I was listening interrupt to you. Uh, Pastor Stephen uh, Furtick, and he was talking about you know how he went he went into a guy that does lipo, and he's like, you know what, I I'd like to know what you think should I get lipo or not? And then the doctor asked him, why do you want to get lipo? And he's like, well, because I like to have a six pack, but I also like fried rice. <laughs> and and the doctor's like, okay, so you want me to just take your problem away so that you just, you don't have to change your habit at all. And uh, the doctor refused to do it and said, no, you need to come up with a process and come back, show me that process of how you're going to put some effort into maintaining that six pack. And then, you know, we can talk about if there's uh, something genetically that you cannot control you know, on your waist, then then we'll talk about doing an operation. Otherwise, guess what? You don't need it. You need to just push through the process. Yeah. And uh, and he actually used that. I mean, as a pastor, you know, thinking about lipo. And yeah. It was, it was a funny. So if you ever yeah, look up Stephen Furtick, I believe it was like in one of his recent uh, sermons. So, But that's legitimate though, right? Like you want the easy way out easy you want out, but you it's want not even the easy way out it's it's just an easy reset because you the the thing is is you're if you are eating too much that you are holding body fat and we take all that body fat let's we let's say we have a magic new treatment that gets you down to four percent body fat you're ripped veins in your fucking abs ripped you're still doing the same thing you're still going to be back to where you are today <laughs> Yeah. It's just a reset. Yep. And I, I can't tell you how many people, they they think that that reset is going to change because of the reset, then they're going to change their habits, yeah. right? Like, um, I need a new knee because I don't, you know, because, because I'm out of shape, too much weight, I need a new knee, and then I'm going to start moving again motherfucker you haven't moved for 40 years and you think magically because you get a new knee you're gonna start moving you better have a plan not i'm gonna start moving again like you need a fucking plan yeah a legitimate plan or i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna diet right this goes right back to what we always talk about like i'm gonna diet down to 12 percent body fat and it I'm using 12% body fat because it's just losing weight, right? Like I'm just, nobody says I'm going to diet down to 12% body fat, yeah. but I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to eat this way. I'm going to, I'm going to maintain this specific lifestyle until I get to where I like how I look. And then I'm going to go back to normal. Yeah. You're going to look just like you did, dumbass. Yeah. But a lot of people don't even get to that point is like, there's this fear of going through the process. Fear of, fear of failure. Yeah. Fear of failure. And man, I think fear of failure is probably a big, bright flashlight shining on what you need to improve on not to fail. Right? Like fear of failure. I'm scared to fail. So I'm not going to do this thing. No, yeah. let's step back. Let's rename that fear because that's not a fear of failure. That's a fear of doing something wrong, right? What are we worried about doing wrong? I'm worried about doing this, this, and this wrong, which would cause failure. Okay, well, then let's 
figure out what the right thing for this, this, and this is to do. Then yeah. that fear of failure was, was positive, was motivational, was, was navigational. It was a navigational fear. It was a fucking map, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot, there's a lot of people that fear failure, but there's a lot of people that fear the process. Yeah. You know, especially in dieting because it's the ones that are like, uh, yeah, you know what? I really want to be, you know, lose 50 pounds, but I don't want to give up beer. I don't want to give up this and I don't want to give up that. Well, at that point, you know what? You have a goal that you want, but your whole fear of the process is, you know what? You're not committed to that. You want to go through that pain. I mean, it's like me and lunges. It's, it's a, you know, a bad marriage right there. And I'll be honest, I hate lunges the worst. And for me, it's like when I start a workout, especially a leg workout, I'm already telling myself that, uh, you know what? You may, you don't really have to do you lunges this week. You don't need to do them today. You know, I, I don't like it because they, they hurt, right? It's a lot of pressure on the knees. <laughs> I get a lot on the, you know, front of my quads. I get the hamstrings when I'm, you know, popping it back up. Feels good on the ass, but you know what? You're, you're, you're out of breath. So if you're popping, yeah, seven to 10 reps, some people are doing 12 reps and 15, you know, it's, I hate it. And I talk myself out of it until I get done with my squats and I'm like, you know what? I negotiate myself. I'm just going to do it. And you get that first set done. Like, oh, that wasn't so bad. You get the second set done. Like, oh, I'm out of breath. It sucks. But you know what? I'm already halfway in. Right. So then I pop two, two sets and then I'll be like, like today is like, you know what? I'm just going to want extra set just for good measure. And I think that's where with the diet, I think a lot of people are the same way or a process that they're afraid of is, you know what? You have all this fear that just keeps building up and you can come up with a hundred excuses and you're going to push yourself completely away from that process unless you come to a point where like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it right now and get started. And you're like, oh, you know what? It wasn't that hard. And you start seeing those results. You start getting closer to that goal. And then you're like, oh, you know what? I can really hit it and I'm going to do a little more and a little more each day. And that's yeah, just how do you get people to, you know, get to that point? And if you're one of those people that that is unable to be contemplative towards your fears, right? If you if you're one of those people that just you can't really put your finger on where those fears are from, maybe see a fucking therapist. Like that's okay. That is completely okay. Because guess what? If you grew up poor and you now have an okay nest egg or you have a decent income and you're too scared to take any risk, but you want more out of life, you, if you're unable to realize that because you had nothing growing up is why you're scared to lose anything now, then how are you even supposed to work through it? So if you can't see that, then Maybe it's time to somebody else to, to help you see it because now how much easier is it to deal with when you are looking at risk and you're looking at, let's say you're looking at a property to invest in, right? And it's going to be $100,000 down for this property invested and you're fucking scared. You're scared shitless because you only yeah. have, you know, three, $400,000 total for your entire life. Everything that you own, everything that you have, your retirement, your whole life is worth $300,000. This is a third of every single dime that you could scrape up and everything you could sell. That's a big fucking deal. But is the risk worth the reward? And if it is, then that's when you need to move forward through the fear. But if you're unable to even see why you have that fear, then that 
that's not going to help you at all, you know, or you're maybe you got beat when you were when you were younger or maybe you got emotionally um, tortured by a brother, a sister, a parent, an uncle like these cause all sorts of weird fears later in life. And if you're unable to see that, then it's time to throw in the towel and be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to a fucking therapist. Yeah, no, and I totally agree. I think earlier in the week, I was listening to a podcast about uh, fear. There was a couple of uh, Christian ladies that were talking about overcoming fear and they were like, well, sometimes, you know what? Fear paralyzes some people because of, like you said, it could be past history, could be, you know, you know, redundant things that have happened to them. So when you're at that point, then you, yeah, you really need to sit down and talk to somebody and, you know, and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's the first step to, you know, getting past that fear. I love uh, Frank Shamrock. Remember Frank Shamrock? He's a fighter back way back in the Ken early. Shamrock? No, Frank Shamrock. Frank Shamrock? Yep. The UFC um, dude? Yeah. I thought that was Ken Shamrock. Well, there is a Ken Shamrock. Oh, there's a Frank Shamrock? Yeah. Was his granddad or something? Uh, no, he's a younger guy. Um, I don't even know if he fought in UFC. He might have fought in a few other um, things, but. He has a great one where he talks about fear. He said, fear is like a brick wall. Every time you give in, you add a brick to that wall and the wall gets harder to get over. And that like when you think about that. I'm scared. I'm not doing it. Another brick on the wall. I'm scared. I'm not doing it. Another brick on the wall. That wall that 50 times ago was a foot high that you could step right over. Now that motherfucker six feet high. Now yeah. it's going to be a lot higher, harder to get over. Yeah. You know? Yeah, now you got that song in my head. What? Just another brick in the wall. <laughs> I think I covered everything that I wanted to cover with fear. Um, biggest thing is, is the bullshit of fearlessness. It's not... There is no fearlessness. These men and women on the front lines that that run towards gunfire, they're not fucking fearless. Yeah, it's a process. These guys that these guys that invest their entire livelihood, let's say it's a five million dollar business, and you scrape up every fucking ounce of every dime you can get, and you borrow money from everybody you know to put a, a tiny down payment to get the bank to finally approve this investment. Right. Those guys aren't fearless. They're fucking scared shitless. Yeah. They just do it. They dance with their fear. But they keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's where they're courageous, not fearless. Because they've learned to negotiate themselves to, you know, fear less. And that's where you can call somebody courageous. We have a weird fear as human beings, and I don't know, I'm sure if a quick Google and page five would probably tell me, but um, we have a weird fear of like looking dumb in front of people, people that we're never going to fucking see again. That's a weird fear. Ego. It's the ego. ego like you're, out of, you're you remember when you were younger and you were out of bar and there was a girl that you wanted to go talk to that fear of like go, just walking up and talk to her. Who gives a fuck? If you don't talk to her, you're never going to get to know her. If you do talk to her, 
you have a chance to get to know her or you have a chance that she's going to laugh you out of the place. Guess what? Either way, the only way you get a chance is by trying. But why, where does that fucking fear come from? Because like, or, or fear of rejection, fear of rejection, fear of fear of just looking dumb, fear of just, just looking dumb, doing anything, just looking dumb. And I see it especially because I, I have girls um, and I have a 17 year old girl and she is paralyzed by the fear of looking dumb in front of other people that she's never going to see again in her life. Yeah. But at that age, image is everything, right? Yeah. But is it even an image? You could be you could be a ghost that they're never going to see again. You could be a figment of their imagination and they don't know it. And the minute that they fucking move on and go back to doing what they're doing, they're never going to remember that you were there. But that fear yeah. will still cripple the shit out of you. But there's very few people that I see that age that, you know, take themselves less seriously. It's kind of like I uh, hear like Joe Rogan before he goes on uh, um, on stage, right? And when he thinks about a joke, if he feels it might be offensive, he says what he'll do is he'll berate himself first and then tell the joke. And it seems to be accepted. Well, there's not a lot of people that are gracefully willing to, you know, berate themselves or, you know, fall flat on their face and, you know, hey, hey it's okay. It's too much pride. I went and saw Rogan last weekend yeah. and Hinchcliffe opened for him. And between those two, they legitimately maybe had a combined 45 minutes of shit that would get any normal person canceled every 30 seconds. Really? Dude, it was like they pushed every single boundary talking about Caitlyn Jenner's $500,000 pussy and talking about um, the difference between men and women and the perception of men and women. And that's comedy. That's what comedy is supposed to be. Yeah. But we're in this weird place where even this saying shit culture. like that can cancel you. Even saying it, not even doing it. Like nobody's not even doing any of these things that they talk about. Just yeah. saying it can get you canceled. Yeah, but the group, this cancel culture population is very minute. It's a minority of the population. But they're a loud minority. They're loud and they're allowed to do what they're doing. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I think it's BS. Because the social media channels are obviously, you know, bending over for them. Yeah. So. But, you know, the weird thing is, is like, it seems like. They test the water, right? They test the water a lot. That that part of our, of our culture that's that tries to cancel everybody. They test the water and they and they touch their foot in. And if you give in just a little bit, they fucking go balls deep, right? They're bah! yeah. But if you stand your ground, they're like yeah, I fucking said that and it was funny. Yeah. Or, like Bill Burr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden they like they lose. Everything they had over you, kind of like I, I love using this as an example, but like the Eminem, right? The Eminem and Eight Mile. Like, what's the best way he's going to win a rap battle? He is going to talk so much shit about himself that you have nothing else to say. Yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah, what he said. You know? Yeah. It's fucking great. That's kind of how you got to move. That's, that's how you have to deal with these idiots. Yeah, but it sounds uh, it sounds identical to bullying. So bullies do. Yeah, they're bullying. About bullying. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like what these. But it's their uh, own ego. It's like anti-fascists. 
being fascist. Yeah. I mean, all this bullshit. And I mean, <laughs> but it's, it's their own ego, right? Like, why are they doing this? They're not doing it because they're not helping anybody. They want to do it. They're not doing it because it is improving society. They're doing it because it is building their own ego and it's a win, it's a it's a W in their win-loss column. It makes them feel good inside that they think that they got one over, that they won something. Yeah, behind their little keyboards, yeah. Fuck. Fear. Dance with the fear. Unless it's one of those motivational navigational fears, and then fucking start doing something about it. Yeah. Right? Fearless. Fear less. Fear. Fearless. Fearless, not fearless. Courageous, not fearless. Yeah. Rock on. Let's wrap. All right. And have a great week. Peace.